is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. Thank you very much for tuning in today. There is some baseball stuff I want to talk about today, but there's a fair amount of things that aren't baseball-related that are more so show-related that I want to discuss at the end of the second segment. I have something very important that I want to talk about, but here in the first segment, I'll start off by saying that the Lockdown Network is growing. It's expanding, and I've been very fortunate to be along for the ride over the last year, and because of that, we're getting more advertisers, and when you have more advertisers, we owe it to the listeners to give them more bang for their buck. It's not fair to have a a 15-minute show where five of those minutes are made up of advertisements. And because of that, this show, as well as all shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network starting on March 1st, will be going to a 25 to 30 minute per show format. All shows will be 25 to 30 minutes starting soon at some point in March. It may even be as soon as March 1st. We will be going back to five shows a week. But for the time being, this show pretty soon here, will be longer than it has been. Over the last year, it's been, you know, about 17 to 25 minutes, roughly. You know, you've had the occasional 30-minute episode, but for the most part, it's fallen within that time frame, and that's about two to three minutes of ads. You know, when I first started here, I was told, we you, we want you to do a 15-minute show. 15 minutes, and then you can place ads. And that's, that's what I've done in the first year that I've worked here. But this is an expanding, evolving platform. Locked On is growing, and I'm very happy to be a part of it. If I contribute, contributed to this platform's expansion, even the, the slightest iota, I'm very proud of that. So that is a show note, a programming note. I hope all of you who enjoy this podcast, you can look forward to hearing me a little bit more over the next few months. Not a ton of baseball news today, and I'm willing to say, here's me calling my shot. I'm Babe Ruth in the World Series, calling my shot. This may be one of the final days until, man, November, in which there's just not a whole lot of baseball news to cover. Over the next several weeks, we're going to have spring training games. Players are going to be interviewed. There, I'm still There's still a few free agents that need to sign, and we'll be discussing all of that. Not a whole lot to talk about, but there was one piece of news that I, I wasn't that interested in talking about, but it became such a big story. Uh, this broke, I believe, on... Sunday night, Kevin Mather, who was an executive, was an executive for the Seattle Mariners, was featured at a, at a local Rotary Club meeting, I believe it was, very strange, and made some extremely candid comments regarding his organization with the, with the Mariners, and some of those comments were extremely controversial, one of the big ones, and I really recommend watching John Boy's video about this. I love John Boy. I I know he got skewered a little bit for his handling of the Astros stuff. John Boy absolutely rules. He's such a smart baseball mind. And and go watch that video where he kind of breaks down the comments that, that Mr. Mather made. He has since resigned from his position with the Mariners. But there were two big things that really kind of got stuck in people's heads, and understandably so. One of the big ones was that he talked about former Mariners pitcher Hisashi Iwakuma, who was... A very good pitcher for them for several years. I want to say he finished like third or fourth. I think third for the Cy Young in 2013. He he threw a no-hitter, I believe, in 2015 as well. Was a good pitcher. 
made some comments where he said, for instance, and this is uh, verbatim here, for instance, we just hired Iwakuma. He was a pitcher with us for a number of years. Wonderful human being. His English was terrible. He wanted to get us back into the game. He came to us. We, quite frankly, want him as our Asian scout interpreter, what's going on with the Japanese league. He's coming to spring training, and I'm going to say, I'm tired of paying his interpreter. When he was a player, we'd pay Iwakuma X, but we'd also have to pay 75000 a year to have an interpreter with him. His English suddenly got better. His English got better when we told him that. A ridiculous comments, a fireable comments. Like I said, he's out of a job, so I'm a bit behind the times talking about this. I mean, you can't get dumber than saying something like this as an executive. And I mean, there's a million things about this that are so stupid and offensive. But one part that that gets to me is the whole, we had to pay him $75,000. I'm so tired of this. We get this all the time with Chris Illich and Avila. This whole like, oh my God, $75,000 or whatever, X amount of money, I'm weeping over it. $75,000 for these guys is like the price of a parking ticket moron so yeah ridiculous comments but but the other one that a lot of people caught on to and that a lot of players have caught on to is that he's talked about how he has no interest for the time being in calling up some of their major prospects the Mariners in fairness have a really good farm system right now an excellent farm system I would say a top three to five farm system in baseball since they hit the rebuild button after the 2018 season One of the reasons I've been hesitant to talk about this is because this is the part of baseball that does admittedly bore me. I could go the rest of my life without hearing the word service time, and I think I'd I'd live a pretty happy life. But basically, it's, it's something that the players are going to use as leverage when the collective bargaining agreement comes to an end, I believe, at the end of the 2021 season. And that's that good players are being held down in the minor leagues because owners and executives don't want to call them up. And the unfortunate reality of this, and this is the one part that I think a lot of people have overlooked, so many executives feel this exact same way. So many executives have done it. Theo Epstein is my hero. He did the same thing with Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant was ready to go. He was one of the best players in the organization coming into the 2015 season. Didn't get the call up until a few weeks later. You know why? Service time. And that is something that's going to have to get sorted out in the next CBA. It's comments like these that could potentially lead to a player strike. And I don't want to have that happen. It would break my heart to see that happen. But Nothing about baseball at this point regarding that the constant butting heads of the Players Association and the owners uh, would surprise me, especially with the way things went down last year when you had a season that could have been really fun and exciting and it got watered down and diluted to a 60-game joke of a campaign. And you've seen several players already. Josh Donaldson was one of the first ones to say, like, hey, man, thanks for saying this because we officially have leverage to use against owners This and executives. This is something that happens. We've known it's happened. It's been on record now saying that owners and executives like to do this. They like to keep these guys down in the minor leagues. All these players now are going to have reasons to file grievances, and arbitration is going to be a nightmare when that eventually happens. It's a complete mess, and it's disappointing. You know, I love baseball, but what I hate about baseball is how often the biggest stories in the sport don't have to do with the actual on-field play. That's why the, the Astros uh, trash can stuff broke my heart because it's like, wow, we have a sport that has a lot of really young, great players, and we spent an entire offseason talking about trash cans and buzzers, and that, of course, led us into the COVID year. It was really disappointing. So yeah, that will do it for segment number one. When I get back, I'm going to talk about a a little bit more news that broke regarding the machine, Albert Pujols, who is announcing his retirement soon? Question mark. There were some conflicting reports. Also want to talk about some comments AJ Hinch made on Michael Stone and John Jansen's show. 
in Detroit on 97.1, and I have a little bit of show news that I want to discuss as well. We'll be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Lockdown Presents More Than a Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Lockdown Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Lockdown Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. And we're back, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in today on this Wednesday in late February. AJ Hinch talked with Michael Stone and John Jansen on 97.1 in Detroit and made some comments that just I just thought were awesome. You know, not not a whole lot to cover with them because they were pretty simple. But the question was basically like, what's the expectation for the team? Are you trying to get to 500? You know, what's the goal? And AJ Hinch is so hell bent on the idea of having a winning mindset, and it got it, thank you, Lord, because it so speaks to one of the biggest issues that I've had with this organization over the last several years, which is like, look, there's tanking. I understand we can we can argue forever the merits of tanking, but it happened. They've been in the middle of this rebuild for several years. Fine. But I have maintained that you can have a bad baseball team. You can have a bad baseball team that has bad players. That's, the, that's what happens. That's how you get a bad baseball team is you don't have talent. But you can have a bad team and still maintain a winning culture, still have a style of play, still have an identity, and you're going to lose 90 to 100 plus games because you don't have the talent on your team to be able to beat some of the big boys, but you could still play a solid brand of baseball nonetheless. They have refused to do that, and Hinch has come come in here right away and said that, I want a team that thinks that they can win tomorrow. I want to win every day. His exact words were, why the hell would I put a limit on the amount of games I think we can win? If I say, hey, you know what? Let's have a 500 goal for the season. That's 81 losses that I don't want to have. And I think that is 
that is wonderful because I think it's an issue that has plagued this organization over the last several years. I don't blame Garden Hire for it. Garden Hire was was the middleman, right? Garden Hire was a bridge guy. We've known that forever. But there is something to be said about instituting a winning culture. I know a lot of people have split opinions about Jim Leland. I get it. Fell apart a little bit. The end of his tenure was not very successful. He made some extremely questionable decisions. Look no further than the 2013 ALCS as a prime example. But when Jim Leland got here, I remember there was a a game early in the season. I believe it might have been in May when they were kind of on a bit of a losing streak. And he came out and said, hey, look, I don't know how things have been done around here over the last several years, but that's got to change. The fans deserve better. The organization deserves better. We have the players to be able to be better than we are right now. And guess what? That team made it to the World Series as a favorite. Should have won the whole thing and didn't. But it's why I will always defend Leland as being one of the first guys, him and Dabrowski, to come into the organization and teach this team how to win again. I think in that way, having a, a successful manager or an experienced manager is so important. And that's why I was so adamant about the Hinch hire. And by the way, I know he hasn't managed a game yet, but every person who thought that Hinch was going to be a distraction or that the Astros cheating stuff was going to put a dark cloud over the organization, that stuff's out the window. People have already forgotten about that. We've had 500,000 Americans die. We had an entire baseball season, not just cut in half, but cut down by 100 games. The Astros cheating scandal is is in the rear view right now. All the players are going to go on with their careers. A.J. Hinch is going to go on with his career. It'll be a distant memory here in the near future. I really do believe that. Not saying it didn't hurt the game because it did, but anyone who acted like this was going to be some huge scandal that the media was constantly going to be hawking A.J. Hinch about it, no, absolutely not. Lastly, a point that I wanted to make in terms of baseball news, Albert Pujols' wife posted on Instagram that he was going to be retiring, and then Bob Nightingale swooped in at the last second and said, Albert Pujols has no plans on retiring. It would make sense. This is the end of his contract. Pujols is done after this year. I would be stunned if he goes somewhere and gets a one-year deal from another team. I think he's done. I think he wants to be done. He has nothing left to prove. Albert Pujols is one of the greatest baseball players of all time, period, end of story. And you could say, oh, well, he's only one of the greatest hitters. That's true. Defense fell off. But you're in the prime of his career, he was a very good defensive first baseman. He was extremely athletic at first base. Love, love Pujols. He was the machine. And, and I even talked about him a couple days ago, and I said, yes, he fell off, and he's not very good anymore. But come on, the guy's in his early 40s, I believe, right now. Has gone about things with tremendous class. Has never really gotten in trouble. Won a pair of World Series. Won several MVPs. Made the All-Star Game basically every year for a decade plus. Well over 600 home runs. His resume speaks for itself, but I think one one of the most impressive things about Albert Pujols, and I think it's one of the reasons why Derek Jeter was so cherished when he was retiring, because there were a lot of think pieces. Keith Olbermann had a big one about how, like, hey, wait a minute, maybe Derek Jeter's not one of the greatest players of all time. Why are we celebrating him like he is? Uh, now, Pujols, subjectively, has had a better career than Derek Jeter did, but I think one of the reasons why those guys are so revered is that they came up in the heart of the steroid era. Pujols' first year, I believe, was 2001. So we're kind of sort of near the end of the steroid era, but not really. I mean, I would say it ended probably around, you know, 2006, 2007, right around there when they really started to hammer it. They had the, the meeting at Congress. I believe that was 2004 or 2005. And yet never tested positive. Never got in trouble for PEDs, never took PEDs. He does a lot of charitable stuff. I, I know for a fact he, he does a whole lot 
uh, for children with Down syndrome and their families. I love Albert Pujols. And, and baseball and sports in general are really an amazing thing, especially professional sports in that way. And I'm a huge fan of college sports, but if you have a favorite college athlete ever, at best, you're going to watch them for four years. There really is something incredible, whether it be Tom Brady in football or Albert Pujols in baseball. There really is something incredible about watching a guy for an extended period of time. Pujols has been in the league for about 20 years and knowing that that person was as good at their job for an extended period of time as almost anyone has ever been. That really is an unbelievable thing to think about. And it's been a joy and a privilege to watch him. I, uh, I'm happy for Albert Pujols if this is it for him. The only shame is that he won't get the, the huge ovations that Derek Jeter was able to get because of COVID and, and limited capacity. But he did get that opportunity to return to St. Louis a few years ago where he got, I mean, like three or four standing ovations, and rightfully so, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, Albert Pujols. If this is, if this is it for him, happy retirement. Lastly, and I do want to talk about this, and this is where I'll get a little bit sentimental, so stick with me. This podcast marks the one-year anniversary of when I uploaded my first episode to the Locked On Podcasting Network. It's been a tumultuous 12 months. It's been very difficult. It's been difficult personally for me. I've been pretty open about mental health issues and and some other things that have gone on. I've done the best I can, and it's been difficult in in terms of content. I'm not going to lie, but I'm, I'm very proud of what we've done on here these last couple months. I I think the show right now is better than it's ever been, and a year from now, it'll be better than it is right now. I I can guarantee that. I'm very good at getting better with things the more time passes on uh, because I learn, and I might be a slow learner, but I'm a learner nonetheless. The biggest surprise of this whole experience has been that I truly haven't felt alone on Lockdown at all. It's been very, very nice getting to talk to and collaborate with the other podcast hosts here, whether it be local Detroit hosts or especially the the major league hosts for baseball, get to talk with them. And I'd like to collaborate with them more because they're they're very funny, very talented people. I'm I'm a shy person and I I struggle sometimes with figuring out how to use technology. So I probably haven't been as candid in in regards to asking them to collaborate, but I, I would like to do that more at some point, I am, I'm very critical. I'm critical of the Tigers. I'm critical of their front office. I'm critical of the players and, and I will be until things get better, but I can assure you. And I I think I talked about this a little bit when I did my very first episode here, but I can assure you that I see what I do on here as an absolute privilege, an amazing privilege. The fact that I get paid even one cent to talk about the sport that I love and the team that I love is a true privilege. And I I have never taken that for granted. I will never take that for granted. It's an unbelievable thing. And yes, there are many things in my life, personally and professionally, that I wish were different. But I will always, always love the opportunity that I have to come on here and talk about the Tigers and talk about baseball. It's it's a true passion of mine and a passion that I don't believe will ever dissipate. So thank you so much for sticking with me, everybody. It really does mean the world, and I'm very happy to be here on Lockdown. That'll do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be back here on Friday covering some more Tigers news. If nothing breaks, then I may do a mailbag show. We'll see where it goes. 
thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. As always, I'm very proud to be a part of this network. It's been it's been fun yet challenging over the last year. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. I will be right back here on Friday. Have a great rest of your day and go, Tigers.